Good evening, Meat Suits, and welcome back. This is Read and Weep Season 4. We're just two guys who knows about movies, one troll and one space alien. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, hanging out in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I'm joined, as always, by at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Southeast Portland. He's your wisecracking zombie bathroom companion. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. It's so great to be back. This has been a week. I've been reunited with an old friend I haven't seen in four years this week, and it was great to see him. I, of course, am talking about the Dark Universe title code at the beginning <laughs> of The Mummy. <laughs> I missed you, buddy. It was great to see you again. Uh, you burnt bright and you know you shine bright and burnt out half as fast for sure uh did not last for very long um is there not one in the next week movie no that Uh, dark universe whoever got paid to do that thinking this thing has legs (laughs) yeah i'm gonna get a, a nickel every time someone watches a movie nope yeah um wow yeah so and it has been it has been four years because we watched this originally in 2017 Um, when the world was simpler yeah anthony you were here and we had oh brie print jeff bayer that was a fun conversation all right anyway um i'll link to that previous review of the same movie also joining us today he's at hunbun on letterboxd from the woods of arkansas he's a reasonable australian man as long as he gets his injections it's hunter donaldson howdy howdy everybody (laughs) Good to talk to you. Good job with those uh, injections. Yeah. And the Australian <laughs> part also. Yeah. Very yeah. good job. Yeah, nailed, nailed that. Yeah, you yeah. Cu- yeah, okay. I see you're setting me up for that. No, you don't have to. I've never suggested anyone. Oh, okay, an well, or... here, well, wait. No, no, no. I, I'll do it. I'll do one. I'll do an Australian accent for you. <clears> hey! <throat> <laughs> good... That's pretty good. Did a dingo eat? Is a dingo eating a baby over there? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like someone just put a shrimp on a Barbie. Listen to that guy. <laughs> also joining us today from Northern California, everybody he kisses turns to dust. It's Ezra Fox. Um, but the important thing is they do make me hotter. Mm. It's true. You get hotter every time. Yeah. You you are sucking the hotness out of people's faces. And I'm and getting word like like face face words. Which is the best place to put words. Yeah, more facial tattoos. You're more Post Malone every kiss. And technically, if you think about it, on a long enough timeline, everyone, everyone kisses turns to dust eventually. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a oof, that's a thinker right there. Every, yeah. yeah, every kiss turns to dust. Not every kiss makes me hotter. So mm-hmm. you think about that. Every kiss begins with K and ends with you dying and turning to dust. <laughs> it's a very dark world. Um, this episode, as always, is brought to you. It's a very dark universe. Um, this episode, as with everything in the Read It and Weep universe, uh, is um, exclusively provided for by our Meat Buddies. If you want to help keep this universe constantly expanding and the show limping down the tracks of the space tracks you can go to metreon.com and we really appreciate everybody who has continued to support the show despite us trying to not earn it um okay let's kick things off today with a news segment first up uh we had two stories this week that are completely unsurprising outcomes from what we knew going in first up afghanistan just kidding um first up I, if i had told you two years ago that in 2021 we wouldn't go a week without a major jeopardy news you'd have thought i was crazy but here we are <laughs> sony pictures television has fired mike richards 
formerly the executive producer of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, until he named himself host of Jeopardy and then resigned as host and went back to being just the executive producer. This news coming five days after Sony executives told the New York Times that they had full faith in Richards and were not going to fire him. <laughs> or as Ezra put it uh, on the, uh, this very podcast, our podcast, successfully heckled him out of all of his jobs. Yeah. Um, I think to quote the great poet Blade uh, from the first Blade film, I have to say. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill, you know? I love that so much. That's that's what Mike Richards, the whole thing was, it's just such hubris. If he had just done, not done this, and just cashed his paycheck and done whatever the fuck the executive producer of Will of Fortune and Jeopardy does, I can't imagine is a whole lot it can't be that difficult you just yeah you just sit there collecting checks and occasionally fire a woman yeah. for getting pregnant yeah and like two shows that look if there are two shows on tv that are like well-oiled machines that essentially just run themselves yeah I cannot think of two shows that are more like perfect for that i, I mean totally. like the, 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 that wheel literally is a well-oiled machine right it just turns <laughs> Yeah, it does feel like he kept spinning after he knew the answer uh, oh, and kept getting and he just eventually landed on bankrupt. You knew it was going to happen. The only job he has left is he can return at, uh, to the host of the podcast, The Random Show. I And, and, and can, apparently all the episodes are gone, so they get to start from episode one. Start so from from do all over like, again. Um, yeah, it is weird that they thought they they thought that because we talked about this last week, Anthony I think pointed out it's like who would want to work on a show where your boss wanted your job and got removed from it, and that does sound like a toxic work environment. But you hired Mike Richards. Toxic work environments are his thing. That's what he was yeah. doing famously from day one. So I don't I mean, know why it would be a problem now. That's what his LinkedIn page says. Yeah, yeah. Toxic <laughs> work environments. My thing. Two thousand people yeah, have endorsed Mike Richards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, on, on the on the blade thing though, I, I was always this line always really stuck in my head. Also, that the who I haven't seen a lot of people try to skate ice skate uphill. So, are there a lot of people doing this? I know he says some. Well, but I feel like it's almost, you, almost so. There none. is a sport where you ice skate down and then back uphill. It's like a hilly course where you do both and you go over jumps and it looks very dangerous. But I've seen it on hotel TVs on accident. I think of it as just people have been referencing Icarus for too long, and this <laughs> is just as good of a metaphor, and the poetry works better. Um, that's true. This isn't. That's a better yeah. line for the same point. Um, yeah. In other news this week, that was totally unsurprising. Former Fear Factor host Joe Rogan announced yesterday that he has COVID, but not to worry. He's treating it with horse dewormer. <laughs> Yeah, you ever taken a bunch of horse dewormer and hung out in a sensory deprivation tank for like 12 hours? <laughs> Fucking makes you uh, think. Uh, I mean, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, Alex, can you give me that headline again? The one uh, that former I'm- Fear Factor host Joe Rogan announced yesterday that he has COVID, but not to worry. He's treating it with horse dewormer. Is that true? Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> Mikey, can we get that up on the screen over there? Weird. <laughs> Yeah, I just heard that, and I totally think it's true now. Cool. I've never actually listened to the show, but that sounds like plausible for what the show is like. That's basically what Joe Rogan does, right? He brings on 
like sports athletes and crazy yeah. conspiracy theorists. And no matter yeah. what they say, go, is that true? No way. Cool. Wow, that's true, huh? Wow. <laughs> huh. Wow. The Mayans did invent cell phones. It's fascinating. It's a conversation. We're just having <laughs> a conversation. It's just yeah. a conversation. Man, I this it's not quite as fun as when uh Trump got COVID, but this feels like this is a pretty fun time to be alive. Um, I wish nothing but the worst for or, Joe. Or possibly a more frightening mm-hmm. time to be alive. Um, well, that's true. I, the, I mean, the, the horse dewormer is... Okay, like when it was hydroxychloroquine, it was like, this is obvious. Some drug company had a huge stock of it, and so they had... They like asked some right-wing talk show hosts to promote it so they could sell it off because they were not making any money on their malaria drug. And like... That, which makes sense, right? Because like paying for fake drug or promoting fake drugs is like how most of the right wing media ecosystem pays for itself. It's like uh, Alex Jones made a billion dollars talking about brain powder or whatever between breaks. Yeah. Well, with- I mean, Joe Rogan does that too. He also yeah. is oh yeah, fucks his his yeah. uh, his pills that make you smarter. <laughs> right, but okay, uh, okay, yes, but see, this this is just more mystery for me. Who is making money off the horse dewormer? Right, so that was my question. Who is benefiting? Follow the money. The only the only group that I think is profiting off this huge shortage of horse dewormer oh. is horseworms. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's clearly the horseworms. It's got to be horseworms, right? This is a bumper year for them. They are having a great time because <laughs> they weren't going to be in Joe Rogan. Uh. No, this is like such a good point. Oh, wait, like, I thought it's a dewormer. It no, removes so, horse. No, it does. That's what I'm saying. Because they're giving it to Joe Rogan fans, and there's not enough for the horses. horses. Oh, so the horseworm the shortage. Having, they're like laughing all the way to the horse kidney. Wow. Um, so the ho- horseworm saw their an opening yeah, as a horse kidney. in like right leaning talking points. They yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. They were really like, take we, advantage can, here. we can move a lot of these drugs away from yeah. where from the horse well, stores. Didn't you see that um, that clip when a bunch of uh, worms in a suit showed up at CPAC and were passing out little curves? You know? I, it was oh, two billion horseworms in one jacket. Yeah, I don't. He was hanging out with Nick Fuentes. It was really <laughs> weird. That, that, what they have in common, but I don't yeah. understand all, all these right wingers how they're like anti science unless it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right? Like I don't understand. Yeah, I wish it, I understood. Yeah, like I, unless it sounds completely think, nuts. You know? Have you? So there's this idea like with um. Like, like, if you ever, like, get cookie dough, when you, like, steal it from the bowl when your mom's making cookies, mm-hmm. it tastes better than if you go to one of those cookie dough for dessert places and they just give you a big scoop of it and it's gross. Yeah, like, yeah. Making it illegal is what makes it fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what they love about this medicine is that they were told not to do it. And they're like, oh, man, the horse paste tastes way better when it's illegal. Because it's naughty. Yeah, because- exactly. I think it's the naughtiness of I'm- it. I'm so like literally, oh man. So they're owning the libs yes. by taking horse dewormer. Yes, horse paste. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, it is very funny. I feel so owned. Don't you feel yeah. just like owned? Oh my God. I'm like embarrassed. Well, I'm so, so pathetic. The other thing is, I was reading the way horse, what happens when you give something a dewormer is it like makes them violently ill because it's a parasite and it can live in your in your digestive yeah. system. So you like throw up and shit out, yourself. Right? Yeah, you yeah flush it makes sense that it yeah. would be bad. Yeah, so I'm assuming Joe Rogan had a real terrible day after taking this horse yeah. dewormer. Jesus. Um, well, it's 
it is very funny uh, to see one because it's not just like right wingers. You also get it on like the left with the um, you know sort of like new age science. Yeah, this is yeah, like the books available in Whole Foods about science. This is where the left and the right it wraps all the way around and they touch butts. Yeah, it's horseshoe. It's horseshoe theory. Yes, yes. But this is horse dewormer, and I I feel like as a non scientist regular person, if you handed me horse dewormer, I would figure (laughs) that this is a bad idea. Just on the whole, you know what I mean? Like you can talk about even if it like like if COVID was a worm, we could talk. But it's not (laughs) exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that. There could be a logic to it. I'm not a horse. But this drug is good for worms. I am neither horse nor is COVID a worm. So it just feels like a mismatch. I don't know. I'm one of those kind of thing. Oh, it could stupid (laughs) libs out there. But I am neither horse nor is COVID worm, as far (laughs) as I know. What blows my mind so much and makes me, I find so frustrating about like anti-vax people taking hold. It's like, okay, so you take a lot of middle America uh, conservatives who a lot of them are, you know, diabetic and taking medicine that was given Mm -hmm. to them by science Mm -hmm. for their diabetes. They Mm -hmm. carry cell phones around. They, Mm -hmm. They have all this stuff that is like, this is what science gives you. You know, like if you got a horrible, like, if you hit them with their, you know, ran them over with their John track, John Deere tractor or whatever, and they had to get some massive, re, like, surgery to fix it, they're fine with that, and that's science. Well, I assume but then they would go to a, a, a horse surgeon. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, that's what <laughs> I want them to do. If you're not, if you're anti this science, you need to be anti all science. I, you I know? think so. Yeah, you should go go howl at the moon and then visit a horse doctor and see if he can help you. I do think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that's the that's the funny part is how selective it is, and it's it's just like what because they what they'll say is like do research, and what they mean is don't read any of the pages that come up when you're researching. Skip down till you find a Reddit post. Like right. It's the same thing with science. It's like look, we believe science, but don't believe any of the top thousand search results for science. That thousand and one, that's the real one. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it is all just sort of misdirected anger. I mean, that's a big problem with just America in general oh, yeah. is yeah. There's, there's like this feeling that we all know something is wrong and not right about the world it is, right? So you have to find like a scapegoat. And right now, owning the libs and hating science is like the best version of that. And well, I don't know. and the only thing that makes me feel better about that is the idea of Joe Rogan violently vomiting and shitting himself all mm-hmm. day yesterday to own me. And that makes me feel way better. Uh, all right. We have to move on because we got a great movie to talk about this weekend. The Homework. This week... We watched The Mummy, the 2017 American action-adventure film directed by Alex Kurtzman, who you know from such critically acclaimed masterpieces as Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Star Trek Picard, and Cowboys and Aliens. It's starring The Cruise Missile, as well as Annabelle Wallace from Peaky Blinders and Sophia Butella from Dancing with the Stars. Which I'm pretty sure if you added both their ages together... They don't equal one Tom Cruise. <laughs> Which, to, so it's to his credit that he never had any sexual chemistry at all with her. Because she was much too young for him. Um, so, 
you might think to yourself, did not we watch this movie when it came out in 2017? And indeed we did. But we are revisiting it with the special lens this time of our three-part Dark Universe series. So this was Universal Universal Pictures' second attempt at a Dark Universe after the failed Dracula Untold Universe we talked about last week. And uh, proper push. This was the 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 big one. This was you know the all going all in in a way I have rarely seen uh, a major studio that did. I mean, just how much money they paid all of these actors to not be in movies that never got made. Uh, All the work and everything like this is the nexus of that. And it uh, it failed miserably. Yeah, I mean, we're doing this as a three-part series, which means this one didn't work either. So look forward next week to trying their third attempt. But this is the full-on attempt. We've got the Dark Universe uh, title card at the beginning, as Anthony mentioned, all which get you know gets my blood going. Very exciting. Um, and the thing about this movie is that I have been on record more than once as saying that I liked this movie, and I liked it more than I liked the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, and that is. Um, a good way to end a party. If you want everyone in the party to not want to be at a party with you anymore, bring that up. Um, it's a it's a tough opinion to carry with you, but yeah. this is how I feel in my soul. Alex, and- that's a really... You should write a book on how to end a party. I've never <laughs> known anybody who has more opinion. You could yeah. really... Death of the party, that's long, me. Yeah, just... Yep. Lord of the Rings films are garbage. Yeah, yeah. 2017 what, Mummy is better than this. I don't but, understand nuance, and I don't like cliffhanger, uh, uh, ambiguous endings. The, uh, anytime, uh, yeah, people say like that. You know, the party starts when I walk in. Boy, it's the same when I walk out. That's when the party really gets going. Everyone yeah. starts <laughs> chatting, hanging out, having a good time. Um, I will give you a little preview before I summarize the movie, which is that I have uh, I have mixed feelings about the movie this time. Although I do still think it has a lot of really cool stuff, and I wish it worked. But this time, I mostly wished it was a little better. But let me give you the summary in case you don't remember. Um, I was—I don't remember how I summarized it last time. So here is a brand new five bullet point and one indented bullet point. Micro summary, patented. Micro summary of the 2017 The Mummy. So none of that Dracula stuff happened. Forget about it. Wash it out of your brain. That wasn't happening. The real dark universe starts now when Russell Crowe's silhouette shows up to take over a recently discovered tomb of crusader knights buried beneath London. Meanwhile, in Iraq, an unlovable scoundrel played by Tom Cruise accidentally discovers yet another tomb, this one of a mummified Egyptian princess whose sarcophagus is chained down into a pool of mercury because she's so much fun. What happened was... I just want to say real fast, this something that really bugs me. Okay, if this person is super dangerous and you're going to go through all this work to pit them in this thing why have a device to lift it up why not just drop her in there and then cut all the strings that would lift her out of it this is a great question okay also, I, I got an answer for that okay great well, yeah yeah in the future there's gonna be a, a cure for evil obviously so like better to like to you know oh. to stick around it's like cryogenic freezing right it is, eventually yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on advancements in science get rid of those face it, hats yeah it would be I, funny I like that. if That's she a- had Oh, That's go a good theory. Uh, I just I just wanted to point out did and and this I might not recall correctly. Did they actually show her being lowered in at all? Because well, I felt like it. They mm. show her going into a well in the fl- in a flashback, and then in the present day, 
we see that it wasn't a well. It was actually this giant weird tomb. It's very odd. Doesn't yeah, really so, make sense. That's also, what I'm saying is that they show us yeah, her it, getting buried, and then whenever in the in the present time, when, when cruise missile's there, yeah. it's a completely different place. doesn't look anything like yeah. what we just saw yeah, that's maybe true. five minutes ago. That's, that's also, great. physically, it's weird because he says the chains are holding her down, but then he shoots a chain and her body goes blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it like that, pulls it up. Visually, that doesn't make any sense. Like what yeah. you're seeing does yeah. not. Yeah. Well, I mean, like this is, I think, Hunter, you more than anyone should know. This is just that great attention to detail you get with an <laughs> Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, Kurtzman. Uh, my script my, and dr- film. Yeah. Yeah, he, I would yeah. say that Alex Kurtzman is my mortal enemy, and someday I will vanquish him in combat uh, <laughs> on a beach. I'm gonna uh, get against every part of that sentence. Maybe a swimming like, pool, never a beach. Yeah, like, I'll get a pool some, day. You, sh- I, you should never count anybody out. Like, I, you know, a great example of this is like Chernobyl from last year or two years ago. Sure, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that show. That guy, the guy who wrote it and directed it and produced the show, Craig Mazin, his first screenwriting credit was Scary Movie 5, right? <laughs> People start from humble beginnings. Well, no, I never blame someone who gets pulled in on the fifth yeah. movie. That's not his fault. But what, what I mean is, like, some people who work on bad stuff will eventually do really good stuff. I, yeah. I, I'm always excited for that. I'm always rooting for that. But there are certain people... And Alex Kurtzman is one of them, and his writing partner Robert Orsi is another one that I just know in my bones will never make a good thing in their entire life. <laughs> just no matter how much they try, no matter how much they work on it, uh, you know, like maybe. Right, well, eventually- there's so much good stuff here. Like, do you remember how at the beginning of the movie they introduce us to the characters, Cruise Messel and um, the other guy, and they do a drone strike, which is that's cool. So now mm-hmm. I like them. Because I don't have complicated feelings about drone strikes, and maybe it, you know, okay. because I don't. Okay. Because yeah. I guess this was yeah. This is from cool the, the Blake thing. Snyder book instead yeah. of the sequel to Save the Cat, just like strike with drones. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. The civilian house. Yes. Yes. Because drone strikes are just like a cool thing to have in the movie and endears the character Especially, to the audience. Yeah. To call in because of a, a looter. Yeah, well, yes. you, you know what they say. If you set up a drone strike in the first act, you have to do <laughs> you, a drone strike double tap in the second. It's, it's just classic. Okay. No, that was a drone okay. strike that was set up and paid off right away. Yeah. That's yeah. not really a Chekhov's yeah. drone strike. Like yeah. what you're saying. Well, it was, but it was like impatient Chekhov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, if, if you set up a gun, shoot it right then. Get rid of it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, okay, you guys were still on bullet point number two. So what yeah, happened yeah, yeah, was yeah. the reason why she's been buried in this elaborate, physically impossible way is that while she was alive, she was the daughter and the heir, only heir to the throne of Egypt. But then her dad mysteriously had a son with somebody. And look, I'm not advocating killing a baby, but it does seem like she took the most complicated possible way to continue to be in charge of the throne, mm. which is that instead of getting rid of that baby, she makes a deal with the devil, agrees to let him take over and inherit her body as well as that of her boyfriend. Then she kills her father, mother, and half-brother. And then before <laughs> yeah. she can finish the ceremony of letting the devil into her boyfriend, she gets caught and mummified alive and left alone until the cruise missile yeah, uh, I mean, she's drops a, onto her house. She's a girl boss, you know? Taking, <laughs> taking the... 
her her life and destiny into her own hands to defeat the patriarchy. I, I don't see any like, problem. I, I should have killed that, that guy, though. Doesn't the guy have something to do with? Like, I never understood the yeah. thing going on with the guy that she's like going to well, stab. Here's what well, I know he's going to be. He's going to be the vessel for yeah, evil for evil set, to yeah. come. Yeah, yeah, to set to come but, out. I mean, and... The thing is, oh, okay. well, here's the thing to remember. Uh, something I also didn't pick up the first time I saw this, but I thought it was very funny this time that like Set wants to like come into this world and have like a human vessel. But he's like, I'm not going to be a chick. Uh, so you have to find me a guy. I, I, yeah, sure. I'll come down. I'll give you some powers. But, like, I don't know. Like, again, patriarchy is kind of cool to be a dude. Uh, so can you find me, like, a hot dude? Well, look. Okay, so you got to remember, awesome. for his whole existence, he has been a gigantic, ripped man with a wolf head. Like, he's not going to go be, like, five foot two and get paid 30% less. Like, he just, why would he? Mm, that's a good point. The glass <laughs> yeah, ceiling and evil is definitely hasn't been broken yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Um, also, I do not think this is what the Egyptians would say set is all about. But anyway, um, so that's her plan. It's a little bit elaborate. Um, again, I just, I don't think you, I don't, I'm not advocating killing a baby. It just does seem like a bit of a bank shot into mm. her becoming queen. It seems like... Well, it's also just interesting from a viewing perspective because they set up that the very quickly that the problem is the baby and you're like, oh, she's going to want to kill the baby. And then all these other things happen and you're like, wow. And you're is, and like, she's his sister. Like all she has to do, like give him some honey before he's old enough to have honey yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's like could do that. But also, yeah. it, you know, just in keeping with the story, it could have been that she does like some sort of curse on the baby yeah but it's sort of like they, immediately yeah. she kind of jumps the shark mm, on the they whole. toss the idea of the baby out with the bathwater with yeah. her yes um, i mean i think the main problem we're all having is that they really only explain this and show it like three times and then explain it like six <laughs> so it's a little hard to kind of wrap your head around in this movie actually it did leave... there's still a lot of questions though yeah. like it it leads to my favorite line that I've ever heard in a movie, which is when I think it's the cruise missiles talking to her. And he said, you killed your father, his wife and his child. And she said they were different times. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. That is pretty funny. How would she know they're different times? She's like, presumably I haven't been around that much for yeah, this time, but I think they're probably different. Yeah. Well, you have to see. Did you guys adjust pretty quickly? No. Yeah. Did you guys not see the extended cut when she says it was a different time before these SJW babies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Came yeah, and you're trying to cancel culture her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This mummy would be on a track with Kanye and the baby right now. Um. Anyway, point number three. So Watch out, the baby. <laughs> Now, baby turned out homophobic. You don't want it. Um, anyway, so while flying back to London with her body, uh, the cruise missile's plane crashes and he dies, but only temporary, before uh, waking up and um, being realived by presumably the mummy, although we don't really find out how, so that he can become her new vessel boyfriend so that Set can come live in his yeah. hot body and not be in a woman. And he's, like, not that into that. But so mm. she, like didn't really take control of him that well but she's like kind of in his brain anyway so the so mummy lady chases him around for a little while killing other people and then using their corpses to keep fighting and just when it looks like she's about to win boom russell crowe shows up again he is playing two extremely different characters dr jekyll and the less educated mr hyde 
Together, they run a secret society that's function is to just barely keep evil at bay all the yeah. time. And uh, so they, this is their area, man. You got a mummy trying to bring evil into the world. So they capture her, they lock her up, pump her full of mercury, and then they're just about to kill Tom Cruise also for reasons. And then he doesn't like that plan. So he runs away. And if, by the way, if you're feeling like at this point I'm leaving out the character of Tom Cruise's girlfriend, that is because Alex Kurtzman also left out the girlfriend character. She's really inexplicable for this whole movie. Uh, I have no idea what she's up to or what she wants. She's very much just merely a girl. And she actually, the first scene's better for her because she's like, actually has like a goal in the scene. She's trying to yeah. excavate the thing. Mm-hmm. Trying to excavate the, but so, after yeah, that, so the story is that she like slept with the cruise missile and then he robbed her and now she's mad at him. But then she instantly changes to, I know there's deep good in you and I will die to protect you. Yeah. And it's not clear. Well, he why. saves her life. He saves her life. Yeah. But look, yeah. who, who well, would okay, okay. he saves her life by they're in a plane and she's about to jump out and he pulls her string for yeah, her parachute like before she can partial credit on yeah, it but yeah but she scored that goal yeah i mean well, i mean look what you know beautiful intelligent uh researcher and explorer wouldn't fall head over hills with a 55 year old sergeant <laughs> in the army Thief, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, with no emotions. Who is also a thief? I didn't understand that. Yeah. So can we not talk about that part? Like, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. how he is in the military, but also he <laughs> is just like yeah. steal. Like, how did he call in the drone strike? Like, the yeah. drone strike is the craziest thing that happens in this movie for me yeah. Yeah. on a lot of levels. It's so inexplicable. I have no idea why anyone thought it was a good idea for your care. I honestly think the only reason they did it is because of the beginning of Iron Man way back in two thousand eight. Yes. RDJ mm. sort of calls in a drone strike. Yeah, and that's I mean, this... it. oh, they took the wrong lesson of what made that yeah. movie good. That's all they thought. I'm serious. That's my theory. I mean, really, the biggest problem with this movie is that it's a two hour version of the first 30 minutes of Iron Man, right? <laughs> like, it is this movie should be the first act. Him becoming yeah. the mummy and like working with Russell Crowe to defeat right. a bigger yeah. thing. Yes. That should right. be the fucking movie. This movie yeah. is the first act of the movie. Yeah. Like That's... Iron Man starts out the same way. He's a shitty scoundrel, but like he's oblivious and he's jaded and cynical and has this event happen and he becomes a hero, right? And that is where this movie takes two hours to get to. Uh, and it's yeah, just and, like, and, well, so, and also like Robert Downey Jr. is whenever he's on screen a charming scoundrel. Whereas yeah, he's Tom Cruise of doing comedy, like yes. doing comedy scenes, so he's capable of doing that. Yes. So. Whereas Tom Cruise in this movie is playing, he's being typecast as a sexless puppet, which is right. his yeah. normal way in real I, life. I, I it, like I like when people describe people as impervious to comedy because that's how I would describe <laughs> Tom Cruise. He is imp- comedy cannot penetrate him. No. And I look, I like a lot of. Tom Cruise in a lot of movies. I think he does some good work, but uh, this one yeah. is really weird, and it's just so like you you want me to like this guy, and it, where at, at the beginning he's bad, and in the end he sacrifices himself and becomes like a mopey god. Like I don't want to watch that either. Like yeah. nope, the, the arc doesn't make any sense. We don't start good, we yeah. don't end good. And again, if that was the first act of this movie, and we got to right. watch him as the mummy grow till the end, I mean. 
right? Uh, yeah. I would say probably like Tom Cruise works best because he is a guy, you know, like if you listen to anyone who's ever worked with him, right, they all say the same thing. He's incredibly intense. He's the first guy on set, last guy off set, very like hard worker, and this mm-hmm. shows in his work. And w- to really use Tom Cruise, you have to have everybody kind of at his level. And this is definitely a movie like you can't have Tom Cruise over there learning how to hold his breath for 12 minutes and learning how to fly a helicopter. And then they have to CG monster makeup on Russell Crowe because he's not (laughs) going to sit in a makeup chair. Like that's what this movie is. It's just filled with like Tom Cruise. Like he's like, I'm going to get in this vomit comet and I'm actually going to film this stuff in zero G and I'm going to learn to hold my breath. And then everyone else is like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just do it on the day. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it, it, there is a, like, yeah, he's got an intensity and there's a laziness everywhere else. Um, except yeah. for in, um, uh, in Sophia. I think she. Yeah, she's pretty fun. She's pretty fun in this movie. Anyway, um, let's wrap up. And then I want to tell you the things I actually like about it because this is too mean already. Okay. Lastly, Tom realizes that he's never going to break the curse, but he still doesn't want to have an affair with the mummy lady because he's a sexless puppet. And so he stabs himself in the heart with the MacGuffin and that destroys the lady mummy for some reason and then makes him the new, the mummy. And so even though Russell Crowe is still hunting him, it seems like maybe they'll work together in the next movie or the next two acts of this movie. Um, Cause it takes a monster to catch a monster or which is a thing that like monsters say. Anyway, it's actually like basically the same ending as Dracula untold where he yes. like becomes the monster through a self-sacrifice and then somebody is secretly hunting him. Boom, dark universe again. And it's the same like just grim, dark, humorless world that we're like. It's, it was again, in the name watch though, Alex. Come on. I, yeah. It's very true. Yeah, the, 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 the name really does limit their use of daytime filming. Mm. And also, I'm pretty sure there actually are jokes. They just don't. Yeah. maybe quite register like well, i do think there's so, attempts at humor so the, the zombie okay so his zombie friend jake johansson's character jake johansson which is, is like i mean it's okay so they just stole the best friend character from american werewolf in london and they put it in this movie like that's right? exactly oh, yeah. Yeah, this, but it yeah. worked he, he's like he's kind of fun yeah no, i, jake I really johansson, like jake johnson i like yeah, i like, I like johansson, new girl name, yeah. Yeah. yeah i like him in everything he's in he's awesome in Spider-Verse as the kind of uh, P2B poker. Uh, he's great. I mean, I definitely think he doesn't have the most range of all the actors working today. Like, he kind of only has one note, but he sings it really well, I think. Um, so I do like him in that for how kind of like... And I like the character, the character that's sort of like trying to explain stuff although it's not clear one of my one of my issues with this movie as a monster movie is that um she can just control living people whenever she wants and that is too much it's too powerful like she's like she's captured by the uh, by russell crowe's people and they're filling her with mercury and then after a long time she's like oh wait i can just hypnotize a guy and so she hypnotizes a guy and he lets her out yeah He's, oh, there was a right. You do have to get yeah, the she's spider, spider infected. Yeah, 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 to get yeah. that bug album there. Um, how, okay, how, so that limits a little bit that he has, she has to be in spider I, range. I assume we're going to talk about this, and just if you want to talk about it later, um, I, how much does the mummy powers match any mummy lore or mythology that uh, as far as the movies are concerned? Up, Obviously, 
there's not a lot. Say that again, like, Naz? There, well, yeah, like there's usually sand. You like if there's yeah, sand around, right. you usually can make your face out of the sand. I feel like Some that's beetles. Before. Yeah, there's definitely like kind of can make a sandstorm yeah. sometimes. I think the it, the bird strikes was a was like kind of relevant. It kind of works. But so, I like well, the idea of her turning glass back into sand to make a sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's I thought that super was cool. Neat. I, I thought it was neat. Like, that she had to say uh, sands of Egypt because it's like, are you telling me all that glass was made from Egyptian sand? Yeah, you don't you know. Th- so this is one of the things about sand is that it's really fucking heavy. So you don't yeah. you make stuff out of local sand. You don't fly yeah, sand from Egypt sand. to London to make glass. There's uh, just you just use local sand. OK, so here's what I. that's a good question. Hunter, and I want to wrap back around to that. But first, okay. I want to say, because I still do think there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. My main takeaway this time was that this was was missed opportunities. And I think one of the main reasons is that Tom Cruise is wrong uh, for this role. I think it doesn't make any sense. But in terms of the mummy stuff, there is some stuff in this movie that is cool as hell. Even though it doesn't make sense with the chains, a burial chamber flooded with mercury is cool. And the zombie spider thing is cool. And him waking up in a body bag startled is really cool. And the way my favorite part is the way the mummy kisses people and she gets some of her face back. It's scary. Yeah. And also it's a because one of the problems with like any you, like monster, we don't make up too overpowered, but also mummies themselves are too weak. They're basically like they have no powers. They're just like shambling corpses. So mm. having her suck power out of live humans to make her stronger, but still not too strong is a cool, scary way to do it. The effect of her like mummy mouth on your mouth is so gross. Um, I thought that was super cool. I did like the bird strike swarm and the rat rat swarm and the spider swarm. Uh, and I thought the part where he thinks he's driving away from her, but she's controlling him just enough that he drives in a circle right back to her is super cool. Oh, yes, but even that is not enough to make them switch drivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, I, this is what I'm saying is missed opportunities. Obviously, there's ways they could have made all of these a little bit better. Right. I also thought Dr. Jekyll was a really cool main guy yeah. where he's got to constantly get himself his injections. Get an IV yeah, drip, I mean, man. You, you think, though, uh, I, I'm sure I made this on the first episode, but you think he would keep that injection thing uh, locked and loaded. Yeah, you yeah. having to load it. Oh, God, it's coming. No, and we no, already no, have, no, no, no. You have to remember have Dr. It. Jekyll is messy. That's part of the fun. Oh. <laughs> but the cool thing is that my favorite part of that is that his office is a containment unit so that if he loses the shot, which apparently he does all the time, they just like, ugh, doctor, yeah. making that mess again. Press the button and it wears off. Just Yeah, I mean, just, this is certainly, um, I think, every good thing in this movie, I'm going to give credit to Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, he's, you know, he... He's the guy who's directed the last few Mission Impossible movies. He works sure. with Tom Cruise a lot. He's, he's Tom Cruise's, when a movie isn't going well, he brings in Christopher McQuarrie to do a rewrite on it. Oh, interesting. It was cool. He came up as a writer first on, I think, some of the Mission Impossible stuff. And then, like, I guess yeah. he was like, well, I don't he know how it Usual wanna... Suspects. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he won oh, an cool. Oscar for Usual Suspects, which is his first screenplay ever Um well yeah i mean this is so yeah good give him credit i'm fine with whoever gets credit for it It does although like one of the the studio's line on why the movie failed was tom cruise exerting too much power yeah i think Um, that's what christopher mccreary coming on means uh but also i would say i would argue that like whatever alex kurtzman originally had planned was probably even worse 
Yeah. Um, so, but so this is this is my main point is that when if you're going to do a mummy movie, mummy mummies. I've, I've said this on the show before. But the, mummies. The reason why Ezra and I wrote a hilarious book about mummies is because mummies do not make sense as a monster. They're oogie, and that's the end. That's literally all they have going for them <laughs> yeah. is that they're a little bit oogie. And then they have some mythos about curses, but they're just the weakest possible monster. Like the reason why the original mum, the mummy, the original, the mummy, uh, which they like universal did because everyone was talking about King Tut's tomb. So it was like, we have like the, the, the theme of the mummy movies is we're forcing this to happen, even though it doesn't make sense. And the first movie, the way he is scary is he just like startles a person to death. And then he puts on a hat and has a job and 20 years go by the plot of the mummy wait, wait. is that he becomes an Alex, architect. Isn't that frightening though? You could just work for 20 years. Your life has gone like that. That's terrifying, <laughs> man. <laughs> or your boss could be dead and you never notice. Like yep. that's all he does. He just puts on a hat, gets a job, works for 20 years to find his girlfriend by becoming the world's greatest archeologist. Like the, it, as a monster, it is incomprehensible. It's just too weak, too silly. Yeah. And so you're always trying to shoehorn something cool into it. And I genuinely believe that this movie with the with her curses and the sucking people's life out and some of the Egyptian sand stuff is the best use of mummy lore I have seen. It's got some of the best versions of what a mummy could be as a villain. And I like I think it deserves a lot of credit for it. It's, it's an impossible task that it did an okay job with. It did not then go on and make a great movie. But it did, as far as like adding to mummy lore and picking and choosing and mm. doing stuff that's cool, this movie goes so much further and does such a better job than any of the other the mummy movies. See, I I think most people would disagree with you on that. Uh, specifically, I don't know if they, I mean, like honestly, I don't think they would because I don't think that is the thing anyone loves about the mummy mm. movies. No one is like, well, oh, it's cool the way they use the mummy I, powers. I, I, well, I think I think most people would sort of agree with part of it, but then sort of disagree with other parts. I think is what yeah. most people. Yeah, I, I, wait, well, let me call I most feel like people if real I, quick. Like, even a big Brandon Fraser, the Mummy Defender, which is a lot of people, they'd be like, oh yeah, we're not here because we think the mummy does cool shit. Uh, this movie me, what does the mummy do any... in the Brendan Fraser movies? It, 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 nothing. Uh, 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 he does some flips. He walks through water, which doesn't make any sense for a mummy. Like he the sends, only thing you... he does all the, the same sandstorm stuff and makes faces. yeah the sandstorm thing. I mean, like... this movie doesn't have a single scorpion king. Now, does it? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a no. sequel, isn't that later? It's a no, but That's look, this, there's yeah, a, but he's there's, yeah. I mean, you know. I think he was there in spirit. Yeah, I mean, if, if a <laughs> well, giant... I would like to see his friend as the Spider King. I think that would be a cool next thing. But like, no one's in the Mummy movies for the mummies in the in the Brendan Fraser universe. They're there That's for the like, they're there to watch Encino Man and his girlfriend run around the desert. Well, I, and... I just think that I, I think maybe the the thing here is what genres the diff, these different Mummy movies were playing off of, yeah. and the Brendan Fraser Mummy. I think feels more like an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Whereas yeah, this was yeah. like, what if the mummy is a super villain and this yes. is a super villain version of the mummy. Now I, I, I feel like the Indiana Jones, like taking from that makes more sense because yes. the fact that mummies are kind of lame, that it does yeah. sort of just need to be an overall adventure story. But if you are going to make a super villain mummy, these powers make sense. I, I don't know that they all feel like wholly original to me, Yeah, but well, well 
I, I mean, so, I do think that you're not seeing enough of, I don't think you see them in other mummy movies. I think they're mostly stealing from different things. And in, and in fairness, like the bulk of the, the monsters in this movie are zombies, not mummies. Right. They're almost all like somebody newly dead who jumps up and runs around or even like the, the Knights Templar or whatever who are, or the Crusader Knights are like, they're not actually mummified. They're just zombies. So it's really mostly this is making a zombie movie and she's like queen of the zombies. Um, so this is stealing more from zombie movies. And I, I agree with you, Hunter, that I think that Indiana Jones, like dumb Indiana Jones sounds like a more fun way to do this. But I do think that the thing that I, I, I like, no one else cares about mummies like I do. <laughs> I just want to give credit to the mummy work. They had a very difficult task yeah. and they produced six things that are cool as hell. And they're, yeah, you deserve something for that. I, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think my favorite thing that you, that you mentioned is this whole idea of, of her even though it's kind of derivative of vampires but the whole like sucking people's life energy yeah i don't necessarily like it um because of the i i it does feel to me derivative of vampires but the fact that she's basically like a decret like an actual corpse and then has to slowly work its way up yeah uh, to being a, a, yeah. a sorceress yeah. essentially it's a that perfect game and, and they kind of give up on it where she's too powerful at all of the different stages and but I, but I like even better than the the vampire because the thing about a vampire is that it's kind of seductive the way it kisses your neck and right and yes. with her when she kisses your face this is gross it's gross as hell the whole yeah, time yeah, no yeah. one wants it I mean and that's which is why we made it into a romance novel because there's nothing sensual about it every moment of a mummy is disgusting yeah it is kind of gross. weird that they set it up um like the whole sucking the life out. Just so this movie can end with Tom Cruise violently beating a woman to death and then sucking the life out of her, uh, I thought that yeah. was kind of weird in retrospect as well. That right. when he just he just yeah. turned on the superpowers and so it's just kicking the shit out of this little zombie girl, and it's just a I did feel girl. bad about that and too. Like, uh, yeah, I, I this think that's... is. It felt weird, and then I was like, "Wait, am I supposed to feel bad? She's killed like a thousand people already in this movie." It was different times, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so good. Okay, so the other thing we want to talk about, though, since we're talking more about the universe this time than we were last time, um, is this idea of Doctor Jekyll in charge of the anti-evil society? I guess the He's the. Uh, I mean, let's just call him what he is. He's the Nick Nick um what's Nick Fury. The, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yes, he's the Nick yeah. Fury of the Mummyverse, right? Yeah. yeah, which also again is that yeah, that feels more derivative. But like, what do you think of the uh, like an anti-evil society as the thing that ties monster movies together? I feel like it it I get why they're going for it, and I think there was a way that it could have at least worked or or functioned correctly um but the problem is that because they're so clearly going after the mcu thing it is i think too similar to not just register with audiences as being so derivative as to not be interesting and also like in that scenario how do you not keep running into the problem of like scenes that just feel really similar to scenes from mcu movies i think it's like a step a, a step too far as far as um like kind of copying from the mcu which i already think this does a little too much of oh, totally yeah it, like i i don't mind universal saying like what we like is 
that the movies are connected and people are excited to see them and they're part of the same universe. Uh, but this didn't, they did not say that they said, I want that movie with my IP. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yes, not yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is the, I like Russell Crowe as an actor. I think he is, especially as he's gotten older and it's really kind of stopped pitting on airs and kind of takes weird, fun roles that require him to like, usually just kind of be out of shape now is like yeah. his main thing um yeah i respect that yeah uh, and i do like the idea i really i think like hunter was saying the similarity of like the the secret paramilitary force with unlimited funding and yeah. all this stuff that is the stuff that rubs me the wrong way if he was just like another monster who was out there who was like yeah. trying to do good and like him and this new monster, the Tom Cruise is the mummy, like had to like learn from each other. That would be That's more a good point. If he was like, interesting. If he was like, look, I'm not a monster. I've spent all of this time suppressing the monster inside me. And so I'm, which he created or whatever, but um, I'm going to do that so that I, and when I see monst- monsters, I'm going to try to convince them to be good, and I'm going to use my like. That's an in- way more interesting mm-hmm. than like super secret society. I agree with that. Also, this is this is kind of a biggie, but um, I think that one mistake that they made with the dark universe, where they passed on an opportunity, I think to to distinguish themselves, is just setting it all in the present day. Like I think uh, having all of the having it be period, like that that all the movies are going to be set in a kind of weird fantasy version of, I don't know, like 1800s Europe or even, uh, I don't know, wherever, just, just not having, trying to find those little ways to distinguish it from the MCU Mm. would, I think have made it register with audiences better because in its current form, I can't imagine people saw this and thought, well, cool. This is going to be an opportunity for a type of movie I haven't seen before. No, it, it's just going to be the same stuff you've yeah. already seen. But at and least yeah. setting it in a different time period would add a little something to it. Well, I think they should have set them when the original Universal films uh, were made. So oh, that's 20s? a great idea. Uh, like, that is when these movies should have taken place. That's when the Dark Universe should live, right? This I love period that. that is like, or have it be like an Arkham or Gotham City, the way Gotham City is shown in like comics and shows is having like this 50 brutalist Art Deco aesthetic everywhere, but having modern technology. Like if yeah. it was modern day, but it was this weird monster universe where everyone still dressed like the early 30s and all the technology was, you know, looked the same. Like that would be more interesting and at least have a a personality, which is the main thing I think this movie is lacking. Yeah, I I think you're right. I am. Um, I I think we're mostly getting into the fix it portion of the show. So, do we have anything else we want to say about this movie in terms of watching the movie, and then uh, before we move on to straight brainstorming how we fix this universe? Um. So I think I think they should have found an opportunity for uh, Sophia Butella to dance. Um, because <laughs> no, 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 I'm not even joking around right now. Because she's really good at it. She's a very good dancer, and I saw a movie by Gaspar Noé called uh, Climax, which uh, I do not like Gaspar Noé, so I don't know why I saw the movie. And I did not like the movie, <laughs> but it opens with this very good dance scene. It's like really good. It's like one shot, and she's in it. 
uh, and she's featured heavily. And I was like, damn, she's a really, really good dancer. And that's a bad movie that I have a good memory of because she is such a good dancer. And if they had given her a dance scene somehow, if they had given her some sort of ability to, to use that, it probably would have been a good scene in a movie that I mostly feel like didn't register in my brain that much. Well, so it's even say. for the monster mash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, the, but if we had gotten there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, if I you, okay. So if, if it's, she's the same exact mummy she is in this movie, but there's just part of the universal Mon- monsters series is that if they hear the monster mash, they all dance and they can't stop themselves. Like, yes. like Roger Rabbit shaving a haircut. Like they are, she's like attacking. She's sucking the life out of these soldiers. And then somebody starts playing monster mash and she like rolls her double eyes and then gets up and starts doing a little twist. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. That it would be pretty good. She's on in a flash. Uh, it'd be yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I, I like that reminds me just that I did think she was great. I thought she was a really good casting choice. She's really interesting. Uh, like the character design, the, the face tattoos. Yeah. Um, I thought she, and, and the idea of running this movie so that we can kill her and replace her with Tom Cruise is so dis- so strange and yeah. awful. Well, especially like it. I think she is pretty good for what could not have been a very pleasant shoot. No, uh, just with that wardrobe and all the makeup, and especially there was a you know a good twenty minutes of this movie where she's chained up in a very uncomfortable looking position. Yeah, um, but I do think and, she, and she the fact that she's a dancer works in those things because she does the way she moves is really weird and monster like kind of reminds me of like the the Gollum guy, right? Who's like actually a really good dancer like he, Anthony Circus, Anthony Circus, like she moves incredibly cool dancery ways that you couldn't have done with, uh, you know, with the Tom Cruise can't do. I did not know that Anthony Circus could dance really good. Right, and before, now I'm Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Andy. Yeah. Andy Circus. I, sure. I could be wrong about that. I could be thinking of somebody else, but I thought for sure one of his things was that he's a great dancer. Uh, well, Christopher Walken is a great dancer. I don't know if that matters. I could have been thinking, That's I was true. thinking Christopher Walken. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and also, um, Patrick, Patrick Swayze, why he was always so great to watch in action movies is because he's a or, uh, be really good dancer. Oh, uh, if you guys ever watched The Descent, like the crazy bat people are all played by professional ballet dancers mm. and so they move real like interesting monstery ways um and there's a the best probably the best blooper i've ever seen on anything is uh for where they're doing a their crazy underground bat people thing and then some they call cut and they get up and just start dancing and it's beautiful and hilarious and uh if you're really scared from watching it you can watch that blooper Actually, and then i feel think better. there's something to this why dark universe could absolutely just be like a musical let's just let's just go all into <laughs> it everyone can dance everyone can sing yeah one of the monster powers uh possible this is definitely back into fixing it so any last thoughts on the movie before we move on to fixing well before we get into fixing it i i kind of want to go back to a segment last week of without fixing it exactly as this is what's the end game here like let's (laughs) let's imagine okay so this movie comes out a year later bride of frankenstein starring Javier Bardem. And Angelina Jolie as the titular Frankenstein couple. A year mm-hmm. after that, we get Johnny Depp's The Invisible Man. And then, one, what do they call the crossover movie, right? What is what what is the Avengers of Monsters called? You can't call it the Dark Universe movie. Right. You have to have, like, a name for it. Like, Monster Mash, right? But yeah, Monster Mash. I, Monster Club. Yeah. Um... 
but uh, the monster yeah. club. I like Mon the squad. monster club. Like the oh, yeah, monster club. squad. It's the monster yeah. squad. Didn't we do a? We had a long riff about monster squad a while ago. But like, what? Yes, do you remember this? Nope, I remember nothing. Oh man, what? Wasn't there like problem. a kids movie, Monster Squad? Yeah, there's Mon- yeah. There's oh yeah, Monster Squad, the eight, 1987 yeah. movie. So we yeah, watched yeah. that, and there's like the opening song is one of because it's an eighties movie. Is like it's a Monster Squad. It's the Monster Squad. Like they just like sing the song about being a Monster Squad. The remake, yeah, like yeah. Ghost Buddy too. They should call him the Monster um, Squad. But like, what? What's the name of that movie? And then what is the problem? So Tom Cruise's The Mummy is a man with a god in him who can control his yeah. hand and all yeah. this then you're gonna have an invisible man mm-hmm. russell crow wildly mm-hmm. out of shape mm-hmm. and, right. and a frankenstein two frankensteins okay yeah. okay but they're not what? remember they were they're all gonna be set up where they're basically superheroes it's not even they're not really monsters right. they are just exactly super super monsters they're super monsters and i guess they're all like anti-heroes yeah basically um so I think the big bad would be Cthulhu because I think that's the only option. That oh, that's be interesting. Um, well, so this is, sure my, this is my main problem with all of the Avengers movies is that they are too strong. And so the villains have to be space gods. Right. And it's just a least, weird, emotionless, boring way to do movies. Okay, yes. That, and that's that's a fair criticism. But at, the, at least Marvel's been doing this for a really long time. They have a lot of bogus cosmic space gods to choose from true and some of them might be sort of okay in certain contexts but i do agree with you that 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 is a problem but at least they have a roster yes well okay so actually interesting point then because one of the things about all mummy properties that i absolutely find incredible and hilarious is that they believe that they, they state as part of the universe as fact in this as canon that the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, were correct in all of their theology. So <laughs> the actual gods, Christian God, totally wrong. Everybody in the yeah, everybody yeah. since then has been wrong because the Egyptian gods were correct. Essentially, no one's gotten into heaven in five thousand years because they forgot to bring money <laughs> because they weren't buried with enough fruit. Yeah. Right? Like it's an incredible place to start your canon is that those right. gods were right. Everything since then has been wrong. Yeah. But what it does mean is that even if once you get into because Frankenstein doesn't need that, Invisible Man doesn't need that, the only f- important theology in the series comes from the mummy, which means your bad guy could be, you know, set. It could be other Egyptian god. What was that? Um, right. Uh, uh, what was that gods movie with the Egyptian gods that was terrible? Gods, gods in Egypt. Egypt. Gods of Egypt. Thank you. I should have been able to get there. Um, <laughs> they really did title it so that I couldn't forget. And I managed yeah, to anyway. It was just like what the movie is. Anyway, Gods of Egypt was terrible, but there could be something to that because, like, man, half man, half falcon. Like, there's a cool villain you have to deal with. So all it has to be is like he is in charge, right? Tom Cruise has got to be kind of leading the pack. And he's like, oopsie doodle, I opened this portal, and now Falconhead God is ruining the world. And yeah. then they all fight it. And we have to get an invisible man? Like, that's the part I don't, like, what do you... Oh, no, no, that's what? the best, that's the best part, is they're like, we've been going about this with brute strength. Why don't you just sneak in 
and like tickle him while he's sleeping or something. Like you get a sneaky guy, then then I it think, becomes yeah, and 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 that's not a fair criticism because the it's the same. The Marvel movies have the same problem, yeah. and they just find a way to yeah, yeah. Like, little, why do you need an archer when you have yeah. these other other? Yeah, characters. they just always find a way, and they yeah, be, look. You, if you can't figure out a use for Solid Snake in a battle against a god, that's on you. Yeah, yeah, that's he's true. Gonna, he's sneaky doodle. It's wait, gonna wait, be great. He's not he's, solid. He's like literally not solid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You, you get what I mean. Okay. The, um, yeah, yeah I mean, you just have to. I think you have to fight Egyptian gods. We're still solving it. We keep saying we're not solving it, but I think, um, yeah, I think that's the. I think that's where you get your gods from. Although I do like because we're talking about this as like using other properties that are available. Since we're doing this kind of like open source stuff, I think yeah, Cthulhu would be super fun. I think there's other groups of weird gods I, that you could bring get in. That would Cthulhu be great. on the team. I think that's why I say. <laughs> Well, no, you do it. No, you do it like Fast and Furious. They fight Cthulhu in two, oh. and then in three, Cthulhu helps them fight another god. That is fun. Yeah, there actually. you go. There you go. Um, I just don't even know how many universal monsters we have that we can play with. Like, yeah. I just feel like there's not enough of them. There's not really that many. Like, well, yeah, I mean, so we have Creature from the Black Lagoon and Wolfman, I think, are the two we're missing. Yeah. And that's then that it. rounds it out. That's, that's enough. all you, we got. Like, that's just more? not enough, like, to do what the MCU does. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I think you could. I Well, one of my problems with the MCU is it's too many characters. It gets annoying to follow. Oh, I think that's totally fair. I just mean, like, I'm not sure you can do I, how long the run can be if yeah, you they just, just don't got have five characters to work with. Yeah. Right? Well, so there are the there is actually a deeper vent bench of Universal Monster movies we haven't really heard about. So, like, there's the Black Cat and there's Werewolf of London and the Raven. Like, there's a bunch of like Boris Karloff played seventy two different monsters essentially. Okay, um, so there plus, might be a little more to work. Plus, with you got that. Bride of Frankenstein, you got Son of Frankenstein, and now the Son. family Frankenstein family tree could just keep going on forever. Yeah, um, you got the Invisible Man, you got the Invisible Woman that also existed. Oh um, right, you got the Ghost of Frankenstein. Jeez, it just keeps going. <laughs> um, you could just have so many different. You just with Frankenstein's and and Wolfman. <laughs> You could go on for a very long time. Can you just imagine, like, an Avengers-type movie where, like, half the people on the screen are Frankenstein? Oh, I like that. that. Like, is that what you want? Like, Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I do, I cannot wait until Marvel uh, finally releases their Blade movie. Because, one, I've already referenced Blade on the show. I like yeah. the character. Very excited about Mahosha Ali playing Blade. Uh-huh. They're essentially going to create their own dark universe. That's true. That's they are basically so doing more... a dark universe. I yeah, didn't think about that. Their dark universe is going to be so much more successful than uh, this one. And that is, yeah, and just, man. Yeah, I just, wait, I'm, I just, I'm just going to keep adding to this. Uh, these are all, by the way, these are I'm not riffing. These are all movies that actually exist from Universal between 1930 and 1956. So you also have... Uh, I mentioned uh, all the Frankensteins. You also have Son of Dracula. They made that movie. So you can also start adding uh, other Dracula family. And then in addition to the Wolf of London, they also have She-Wolf of London. So you get to do the gender swap of all of them. So you got... uh, Plus, they have Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. Like... You also get all of those movies redone with Abbott Costello there for some reason. Plus, the main monster we're missing on all of this is Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's hilarious edition. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So Here, you, you also, know what I'm realizing that's weird I mean, about all of this? 
You know whose name we haven't mentioned? Doctor or Jekyll and Hyde? Like, yeah, I don't what? think that's anywhere in this. I don't think they've ever done a Jekyll and Hyde movie before this, which is kind of why interesting. Did, why is that? Do they te- like if they're wanting to bring the Universal monsters back? Like, why not bring in I don't know any question. of these to be Dr. the other guy? Frankenstein. Maybe oh, you also as the Nick Ooh, yeah. Fury. Yeah, oh, Doctor Frankenstein. That's well, great. Also, you've got Igor, so that he's got to yeah. come up at some oh, point. Oh, damn, Igor! Yeah. Right, and you've also got Van Helsing from all the Dracula stuff. Yeah, and so you have you've Renfield, got that. you know, from Dracula. You have a oh, lot yeah. of little side characters that you can totally. Yeah, honestly, in. Dracula really should have just been. The, they should have just tried to do Dracula again because there's all those really yeah. good side characters from Dracula that I think would go really well in a in like a big universe movie because you do need a lot of supporting characters I, for like a universe to work i feel like i think and they yeah they had the they had the source material i also like if you're if you there's got to be a group fighting the monsters dr frankenstein makes a ton of sense because he accidentally unleashed this evil and feels responsible i love that yeah um that's there's so much good stuff him and igor are like trying to fix it I, that's a fun Oh, yeah. dude, the idea of Igor being a good guy that we're like rooting for, that would like, that really gives me MCU vibes, but also feels like original in a, in a way that I think people would really like. I also yeah. haven't seen, I don't know who these are, but just from this diagram of minor characters uh, on the Wikipedia page, it also, there's also Henry Frankenstein and Elsa Frankenstein, perhaps his <laughs> cousins or his kids. I don't know, but a lot of other options for the Frankenstein family in addition to the bride of Frankenstein, which is actually the bride of Frankenstein's monster. Anyway, can, um, can we, can I have a, a side pitch as we like, as we're, as we're like sort of fleshing this out? Yes. Okay. So like, you know, obviously yes, the monsters are great. I think we're actually overthinking this quite a bit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right, this is universal, right? Yeah. Universal makes fast and furious. Just do fast and furious and all the monster monsters, right? It's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, just, you're right. Right. Wait, so do they fight the monster and then they team up with the monster in the exactly. next movie? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Every- Chris, Morgan, <laughs> Chris Morgan was a producer on this and he's the guy who wrote most so of close. the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Well, so, so basically you get like Fast and Furious 10 and they fight a mummy. And then <laughs> yeah. they're like, yes. like one. Yeah. So some, some criminal gang and then they find out the leader. They're like, oh, it must be his brother again. And then they find out, no, no, his brother's dead, was mummified, and has come back to life to fight us. Wait, or, or it's basically this, it turns out, okay, so Mr. Nobody put two teams, right, uh, on on, um, on this mission, right? Mm-hmm. One was like, you know, like the standard Fast and Furious group. The other one is just straight up like, these monsters, his favorite, also, his favorite mo- monsters, his favorite um, monster team up from the from well, the creative Mon squad. Also, wait. wait a second, this is actually perfect because then Paul Walker turns out to be the Invisible Man. You can put him in every scene. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to get a new actor. I would yeah. be happy if he was still there. You just put Paul yeah. Walker's hat and jacket on the nothing <laughs> in every scene. I mean, laugh, we all, you know what the this is all fun and games, but Vin Diesel wouldn't share the screen with The Rock. You think Vin Diesel is going to actively work with Tom Cruise on no, his I, property? Well, no, 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 fire, like, this is, this is starting over. Yeah, yeah we're think. definitely not bringing Tom back. He blew it. No, Get no, his no. chance. I, I have a solution for this 100%. Okay? Universal also owns The Chronicles of Riddick, so we get another crossover, so well, we get Riddick so Vin no. Diesel shares the screen with himself and everyone else. Technically, I think technically, this, is, this is his dream I, ending is that he plays both the characters. Well, I need to again, I need to credit you, correct you. Uh, Vin Diesel owns the rights to Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Vin Diesel 
is the sole owner of that property. Right. All right. Well, so we are we're running up against our hard out. So we have to get through a couple of things really fast. Um, we've done a lot of fixing, but we have some we have a bunch of feedback from last week that we need to incorporate. Yeah, let's do in it. our last round of fixing it next week. But so you remember I'm going to take when um, Sony I was going to just throw this out there. Remember very a while there during the big Sony leak, it got leaked out that they were seriously considering doing a 21 Jump Street slash Men in Black crossover movie. Uh-huh. I'm open to that. Why is that yeah. the worst? But I, I, I'm not. I genuinely think that's a brilliant idea of what to do with those two properties. One of the I great things about like, Men in Black is you could cross it over with any other universe because it just takes place in the actual universe. Yeah, right? and like you could. I want to see more big swings. Like you want to get a cinematic universe, just literally pit fucking the mummy and back to the future. Let's make this yeah, do <laughs> do anything. At oh least yeah, go so yeah. far back that they meet the mummy. All right, (laughs) I need to get into some quick emails because Ezra has to go. Okay, so just if you think that was an editing mistake, no, I just clicked the button too fast. Anyway, okay. Um, First up, uh, Mage Jen Stanley on Twitter says, uh, the end game for a public domain classic monster movie series is obviously, this is an idea we talked about last week, the end game is obviously a live action version of the 1967 stop motion Rankin Bass Mad Monster Party. With Amy <laughs> Adams as Francesca, Dr. Frankenstein's assistant. I've not actually seen it, but I'm just assuming it would work. Um, are you guys familiar with Mad Monster Party? I just pulled it up. No, I'm not. I wasn't either, um, it, but it looks super duper fun. It looks, uh, it's it's an animated comedy from the 60s. It looks very silly. And it's basically our Monster Mash fantasy. It's basically what we've been talking about with the Monster Mash. Um, but done with stop motion, which is awesome. I mean, that looks very, very cool. Um, Major General Stanley also says, why not just make more mummies in the Wise Fraser universe? Um, which, so here's a thought, you guys. I kind of want to extend this series one more episode and go back and watch the Brendan Fraser mummy movie because I have nothing but bad memories of it. I've never enjoyed it, but it's just it just has so much... And also, Brendan Fraser is getting a whole reexamination, and I feel like maybe I should watch it. And I'm okay with that. I just want to know what you, what did you not like about it? Like, I just this is just such a weird movie to to I didn't be like, like I enjoy just enjoy watching like Encino Man lead a movie about mummies. It just didn't. It's just like I like I I. It's funny. I've read all these great things about Brendan Fraser, and I feel like I probably do like him, but he's still like he's just so George of the Jungle the whole time he's in this movie. It's mm-hmm. just like why do I have to hang out with the dumbest human in the world? That's the character he plays. It's not so like you, a fun but, venture. But, so, so it really kind of just comes down to him. It's not that you disliked the the maybe the way the movie worked or like it. Because if it's just most, him, yeah, I totally get that. Not I totally enjoy I also, that character. Yeah, I also didn't like Brendan Fraser when I was a kid, but I still liked the Mummy movies. Yeah, I, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if that's what it is or if it's something. More I than really that. enjoy it. Uh, quick note, real fast, as I got a. I just saw yeah, this. I got to no, um, on the uh, Wikipedia page for the 2017 film The Mummy, mm-hmm. uh, at the very, very bottom, under C also, there's just one bullet point that only says, list of films considered the worst. Oh, yes. Yes. We have watched uh, on this very show. very funny. I, we've watched maybe half the movies on the Wikipedia list of films commonly considered to be the worst. Um, it's a great page, and yeah, we've done a lot of stuff on here, so... We should watch Ishtar. Oh, I would yeah, definitely watch Ishtar. Um, yeah. I, I mean, also, it does seem like a, pro- a fun project to try to finish this uh, list, but we've, we've <laughs> done, done a lot. We're making more, you know. 
Yeah, that's the problem. They always do that. Um, okay, uh, a couple more quick emails. Alan Smithy Jr. on Twitter says, the whole problem with the Dark Universe is they tried to make it a superhero franchise, not a guilty pleasure horror franchise. People would still eat that up if done right. So, Hunter, you were saying before, instead of going with the um, uh, that fun Old West adventure movie, um, they went with superhero franchise. But this is a different option, which is like campy horror. And yeah. guilty pleasure horror. And well, I do I just, think that world does exist. I don't, that's yeah. not my world enough to know how to riff well, on it. I, I think so that, that, like, I think anything could work as a cinematic universe. Like, crossover yeah. doesn't just make sense for comics. And so, like, it, it it's so weird to me that they're like, oh, well, we want to do a cinematic universe, which means it has to be just like those, uh, those Marvel movies. It's just like, why not just do your thing? Right. But then have there be universe stuff. Yeah. Have crossovers. That's such a, yeah, exactly. Make yeah. the, make a good movie and then make the characters of that hang out with another movie. Yeah. That's yeah. super fun for everybody. I mean, that is, you know, we talked about this last week, but that is, you have to get, if you're going to do a cinematic universe, whatever it is, you have to get the fucking first movie right. <laughs> That is yeah. the most important thing, and that is what all of them go wrong, is by not just making a good first movie. If you start with a solid foundation, you can really go from anywhere. Um, and well, I, you don't, I mean, and even if you'd, with if Universal had just made a few different monster movies, and as soon as one was good, they were like, great, the universe starts yeah, now. Yeah, now it's that. Yeah, that would be fine, too. It doesn't even have to predict it ahead of time. Yeah, well, right. I am curious what next week is going to because next week is that like a guilty pleasure, cheap Bloom House produced, low budget horror movie. Um, and we'll and we'll we'll talk about where that could go into universe. Uh, yeah. Okay. So an email now uh, from Nora uh, who says uh, bad news for some of your ideas. So someone suggested a Santa Claus and Tooth Fairy and Jack Frost and shit as public domain characters. And someone else shouted, baby monster babies. Unfortunately, <laughs> the former has been a children's book franchise since 2010 with one pretty good movie. So there's a series that's like Nicholas St. North, E. Aster Bunnymond, um, Toothania, The Sandman. It's a series of kids books uh, by William oh, Joyce. Are you talking about um, they made a, like a movie series? Yeah, yeah. And the movie was it, Rise yeah. of the Guardians. You know, the Guardians. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and apparently that according to Nora is pretty good. So yeah, we, we basically stumbled on that series. And then our other idea for monster babies is a Netflix kids show that oh, exists currently. But wait, Here, look, those are monster babies. They're not baby monster babies. <laughs> 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 well, this is different. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's are you a lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> These are monster babies that are also babies as well. Yeah. You, didn't, the baby you didn't even they blink. Yeah. Like, you were just like, no, 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 This is not that. These are baby monster babies. Well, and how, then, does that, how does that line work? Like, if you, if we're all fucking around with public domain ideas, when does your version of baby monsters <laughs> become different or become, right. like, copyrightable? Well, because they're baby monster babies. They're yeah, not. Right. Well, ours would be because they're double baby, but I don't know It'd if you like, could. No, no, no. This isn't Superman. This is super duper duper man, yeah. idiot. <laughs> well, okay. So, the baby, the baby monsters is cartoon. It's CG. So, yeah. this is going to have to be either claymation uh, uh-huh. Claymation is the obvious choice, <laughs> or live action. So, yeah, why not you, both? I, why not both? I, okay, how about this? 
live action and we deep fake uh, active faces onto the babies. Yes. So it looks yes. like they're talking. I like this um, idea a lot. It's the obvious evolution of look who's talking. Um, or you just put peanut butter in the baby's mouths and then voiceover. Um, okay, Nora signs off with uh, love Nora, who would legit love an Abbott and Costello comedy toned Universal Monster Universe, which I do think we like joked about it, but should have stayed on a little bit longer. Which is that, um, boy, doing these as a comedy is a fun way to go, yeah, and obviously it's I, our specialty. I legit meant meant that. Like I yeah would yeah, yeah. I think to see that idea genuinely as like again, it would be something different. Yeah. Um yeah, I think is, and I think there's know. a lot of room to grow there. Uh J number one says, uh, since we're talking about all this, that the darkest multiverse may already be upon us and sent along this story, Polly Shore pitches Marvel style weasel verse movie uniting all of his nineties characters. Yes. So <laughs> it's when they all meet in like um like prison for assault or something like that. But they're all, but they're still all him. So this is like yeah. our Vin Diesel meets Vin Diesel movie. Yeah. He's basically pitching that. Okay. Here's my pitch. Um, I get to be in like 10 movies coming out this, yes. this decade. They're all me. And, and it's then all one movie where I'm already played. all of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I didn't even think of that. But uh, what if instead of um, Jekyll and Hyde for this, what if the, the guy leading the prop, the whole charge was, um, the nutty professor, which yeah. is a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde ripoff. So, or uh, play on or whatever. So we just get like the clumps and stuff as part of the universe. Yeah. Right, anyway, um, that looks terrifying and I hate it so much. Um, last email only in, only kind of related, uh, but uh, from Hannah who says a couple months ago, you guys had a very funny riff about iron brew. You remember this as, uh, the very confusing drink from Scotland. Well, earlier today, I was listening to a different podcast that also brought up Iron Brew. They have had it, and man, they do not recommend it. If you want to hear their thoughts on the very strange orange, orange drink, there's a two-minute long riff, and I'll put a link to this. This is from the Dear Hank and John podcast, um, episode 302. And I do not know Dear Hank and John, um, but apparently they're mostly uh, a giving they're an advice-based show. Um, anyway, and then they drink some Iron Brew, which we're also going to do an episode oh, you're later. About where... the, oh, the Green Brothers. Oh, yeah. I love Hank and John. Oh, yeah. yeah. You do? I, I don't oh, listen to this podcast, that, yeah. but I yeah, love... Yeah, they're YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I they mean, have great, great YouTube stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I'll put a link to this. And uh, later on, we're going to do an episode as where we drink Iron Brew. There's, there's no other option. It's become too important Could to our Could it be an all-iron episode? We watch Iron Giant and maybe, like, pump iron and then... Get the brew too. We I, why don't we watch Pumping Iron, the Ono Schwarzenegger documentary, <laughs> where he talks about how much he loves coming. Huh? <laughs> no, let's not do that. Be fun. So, and then lastly, I mean, it's a from good Hannah. Very lastly, uh, since book recs are sort of my trademark now, I just read The Collector's Daughter by Gil Paul, which is a historical fiction about a about the team that unearthed king tut's tomb and the true stories of many of their untimely and strange deaths that were largely attributed to the mummy's curse um which like actually that's kind of an interesting idea too if you're going to do the mummy is you do the mummy where they don't really feature the mummy you do it as a um final destination style where the yeah. mummy's curse is secretly killing all these people and they think they're getting away with it um Anyway, given this week's topic and Alex's general love of mummies, I thought you might enjoy this. Though, as always with my book recommendations, don't feel like you have to read it or report back on what you thought. This is just a no-pressure recommendation for anyone who might be interested. 
So thank you, Hannah. I have thrown this on my list. That sounds uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out at some point, but because reading is way harder than watching movies, it might be a while. Um, but thank you, everybody who wrote in. Uh, we've got a lot more material we've tossed out today, so I'd love more continued thoughts on uh, how we're going to make this dark universe work. Um, but it sounds like maybe our favorite idea is to make a light universe. We never even yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Um, so keep, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, Anthony. I was just going to... Um, another thing I just... We were talking about Doc Jekyll and Mr. Hyde earlier. Kind of... I talked about... I do know I talked about this on the last Mummy episode because I had just learned this fact recently and I, I find it so fascinating. Do you guys know that the reason why they could never make a faithful adaptation of the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde story is because the fact that they're the same person is the twist ending of that book. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't oh, know that. No. Yeah, like oh. that's the, the whole point of the book is that he they're trying to figure out who this mysterious Dr. Jekyll is trying to figure out who this Mr. Hyde is who's causing killing all these people. And it turns out it's him taking the thing. So it's, it's like, like if you tried to make another fight club, yeah. and it just doesn't work the same way. Yeah. Or in like I imagine in 300 years, 100, 200 years, people refer to narrator and Tyler Durden, you know? Like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's just such a commonly known twist that you can't, you could never straight away actually do that story, right? It would, everyone knows. So it's interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. I love that. Also, I think that the original Doc Jekyll and Hyde is a lot more about the darkness that lies within man. And this is like, what if we just ignored that and it was a cool four-time injector needle? Yeah, or yeah. what if he's the Hulk? It, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. really all it is. It's oh, just like, hey, so look, true. it's the Hulk. We uh, found the That Hulk. really is what it is. I hate it. Okay, we have to go. So that is going to be our chance to wrap up. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening this week. We will be back again next week with The Invisible Man, part three of our series, Reinventing the Dark Universe. Um, this one, as Anthony mentioned earlier, is supposed to be kind of good in like a campy horror movie kind of way. Um, is this, uh, what year is this, Anthony? Uh, it was like last year. 2019, 2020? Early 2020? Okay. Yeah, there's so many Invisible man, Men. Um, they should all hang out together. That's a good idea. How would uh, they know? That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, Invisible Man 2020. Um, yeah, it's the so, one with Elizabeth Moss in it. It's hilarious because, yeah, after the one we just watched, uh, this one has a budget of $7 million. Right, yeah. After, like, I, like Tom Cruise's water tank budget was more than $7 million <laughs> in that last movie. Um, that's pretty amazing. So we're going to watch that next week and then see how it changes our opinions. Please continue to get in touch with us with your thoughts on dark universes or the light universe that we're working on. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and email podcasts at read-loop.com. And we appreciate our meat buddies who continue sponsoring our journey into the darkness. And thanks for being here, Anthony Lopez. Yes, great to be here. Hunter Donaldson, great chat with you. Thank you. And Ezra Fox. Always great. All right, we'll talk to everyone next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.